0: Hi, I'm Erin and you're listening to the Aaron Roy Show. Eight years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Sterling Hiltine. Sterling embodies every little girl's dream. She grew up to be a principal of the New York City Ballet. Sterling was the first woman I asked to be part of my podcast series. I'd be honored, she replied. Her positive response gave me the courage to go forward and ask other women to join in as well. And I get the feeling that Sterling is the type of woman who inspires many, many others to step outside their comfort zones and act larger than they believe themselves to be. I hope you enjoy our conversation which took place on a fall afternoon in midtown Manhattan. And we're recording. <laughs> I am sitting here with Sterling Hilton of New York City Ballet. It's actually Hilton. You're right, and I have that as a note here. No worry. Here. worry. Hilton. Don't thank worry. you. No, you're not the first. That's so important. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here with Sterling Hilton of the New York City Ballet, uh, and we're in New York, though we met in Wyoming. Seven. Years ago, maybe even eight. Eight years ago. Yeah, seems like a long time ago and no time at the same time. I know it's true. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here today. Yeah, my pleasure. It's your day off, and that means a lot to to have you sitting here with me. So thank you. My pleasure. Uh, the first time I met you, I remember you being. Of sort of fantastic combination of shy, reserve, and Texas grit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that description. <laughs> and over the years, I have just loved watching you dance and getting to know you a little bit better. We don't know each other well, but, you know, as you put yourself out on the stage, so I get to watch, watch you. And you have always in your dancing to me and in person as well have have had this beautiful vulnerability about you and sort of a, a translucence uh in both your demeanor and your appearance and I've really come to appreciate that
1: thank you you're Amen.
0: welcome thank yeah you. uh i want to just sort of get right into things with you, because I have so many questions, (laughs) so little time. Uh, In your words, what is the legacy that you hope to leave with
1: your dancing? I think, gosh, I don't know if I would even be lucky enough to leave a legacy, but if I were to leave one, it would just be that I danced as long as it made me happy and that uh, probably, I do feel I have been lucky enough to be given a lot of very versatile roles in the New York City Ballet. I don't feel like I've been typecasted necessarily. Um, I feel that it's taken me much longer time to sort of hone in on my, um, sort of, my like more of my gifts within Mm -hmm. the company Mm -hmm. because I've been able to sort of dabble in a lot of different roles. And now I feel like I'm coming into my own with knowing lots of different ways to approach lots of different types of roles. So I think hopefully the legacy would be just being a really versatile dancer within the company.
0: Yeah. And why do you think it has, why, why do you think you have, um, it's taken. Has it taken them a while to figure out where to put you, or is it that you're so versatile that you sort of fit into many different places within the company?
1: I don't know. I think maybe I'm lucky that they saw me being able to accomplish a lot, mm-hmm. um, more, oh, much more than I saw in myself. So I've been really lucky that I have sort of. I come from a very tall family, and <laughs> though even though I'm quite small, I'm only five four and a half. You know, I have a brother who's 6'7", a mother who's 5'10". <laughs> so I think somehow I managed to get their long limbs but on a smaller proportion. So I'm very lucky in the company that I get to dance roles that are usually given to ballerinas my size but then I also get to dance roles that are given to ballerinas who are much taller in Mm. the past Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of share roles with a lot of people that maybe you wouldn't expect or I wouldn't even expect so um, that's been something that's really fun so I think maybe so physique wise I think that's helped me be put into different roles and then I do have this shyness about me, but I really love to, you know, a shyness about me in life, but I love to sort of hide behind whatever role I'm playing. So I've been very lucky to be put into a lot of character roles um, at the New York City Ballet. That it's been really fun for me. And you, you like those character roles quite I a do. bit? I do. I really do. Yeah. I think we don't do a ton of story ballets in the New York City Ballet. It's a lot of neoclassical, triple bill programs and a lot of like a lot of our ballets have no plot at all. So when you, we do have ballets that have a plot, it's been really fun to sort of play around and even sometimes apply my own story to plotless ballets. Mhm just to give me a focus while I'm performing. And uh, so I think the ballet that's probably taught me the most is uh, The Concert by Jerome Robbins. Because it's a comedy, so it's one of the only times you really can audibly hear the audience react. Mm -hmm. So I've danced that role for 10 years now, and it's definitely taught me the most about timing. Because you actually could hear the audience uh-huh. versus a tragedy where you sort of hope you hope they're crying, <laughs> but, but you silence. don't know, you know. So, so I think that's been really helpful in what reads and what doesn't read is dancing the concert.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And and what I was reading about you and there are a few videos on the New York City Ballet website with you in them. And and from what I know of you, out in Wyoming, and then you're you've talked about your love of scuba diving and the deep sea. It strikes me that you are somebody that loves immersing yourself in other worlds and creating other worlds, which I as well do as an actor. Uh, can you talk a little bit about where you think that might have come from? Did you read a lot as a little girl? Were you read too? Where, what are some memories of of the formation of
1: that for you? I think I have that mainly because I was really blessed to have a really creative childhood. I mean, I would have, my parents really fed into my creativity. You know, my dad would make me green eggs and ham for breakfast, you know, things like that. Um, So there's sort of this (laughs) perpetual child in me, I think, that being a ballerina and being able to do some goofy roles or some astoundingly beautiful and um, poignant roles, um, it kind of feeds all these facets of uh, my creativity, the Mm -hmm. funny ones, the quirky ones, the serious ones, the emotional Mm -hmm. ones. So um, I definitely enjoy that, but I definitely have my parents to thank because they gave me such a creative childhood. And I mean, I've I've always read a whole lot. I've always daydreamed. I've always told my parents to call me like, I'd be like, today I'm Ariel. So just call call me Ariel. I'm not Sterling. (laughs) I'm Ariel. So basically I kind of still experience that. Yeah. So uh, and I'm
0: just curious, are your parents still together? Yes. They are. Mm-hmm. They're still married. It, it sounds like you had,
1: you grew up in Amarillo. I well, I was I was in Amarillo since I was three. And okay. And I moved to Dallas. Okay. And you went to Dallas Metropolitan Ballet? Yes. And I
0: was just reading a little bit on the school. I lived in Dallas for about nine months oh, of my wow. life in the eighth grade. Uh, but the school closed recently. Mm-hmm. And what are some... Some memories that you have. I mean, I know when I started, I have such fond memories of the studio that I grew up in because that was sort of where all of it started happening for me. You know, you got to walk in the door and it was all very magical. Did you
1: have, what are your... Well, when I first started ballet, I did not like it at all. I was six years old and I was a tomboy. Mm -hmm. And my mom just, she saw that I was very petite, like very small boned and she just wanted to put me in something that I would hopefully just in general feel good about myself in Mm -hmm. um and she so she put me in there and I just I really didn't like it I did not like it there was another girl who went to my academic school and she was in the classroom with me and that was sort of like (laughs) a silver lining but then she left one day she didn't show up and when I saw her at academic school the next day I said well what happened she says well my mom put me in a school now we dance with scarves and it's and and I was like I told my mom I said I want to dance with scarves I don't want to do ballet this is just too much and even the videos that my parents took on like you know parent watch day everybody's pretty disciplined and I'm just Bouncing in the corner doing my totally my own thing,
0: but um,
1: you know, I eventually, but I, in the end, I have such great memories of my studio, and in the end, I definitely recognize once everything started to click that they actually taught me quite a bit of discipline and they taught me quite a bit of fearlessness mm. as well, I think, because. At ballet studios, boys are hard to come by. So, you don't have very many male partners Mm -hmm. at studios. Every now and then, you do. So, you know, there's something called a shoulder sit when you jump onto a a man's shoulder, or in my case, then a boy's shoulder. And there's a certain preparation you do. But before we could actually jump onto a boy's shoulder, we had to nail the preparation by simply jumping onto a bar. Uh Uh-huh. And it took us a fair amount of fearlessness to just hurl yourself and turn really fast and face the way you had come and to be sitting on the bar in a ballet position. Mm-hmm. So they taught me definitely quite a bit of fearlessness. <laughs> and I think I've, I've been able to use that a lot in my career at New York City Ballet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say so from looking on the outside end. And that is one of my hopes with this podcast in general is, is just to inspire young girls and women to live more boldly and conquer fears, however small or big they may be, because sometimes it's the seemingly insignificant stuff that we get hung up on. Mm -hmm. Um, What's a a fear of yours?
1: Gosh, I would say, you know, I surprisingly, I'm a pretty nervous person. Um, I think sometimes I'm less nervous when I'm dancing, because sometimes Mm. I think... Dancing is something that I know so well that I have less nerves when it comes to it than Mm -hmm. I do with things in life. Um... I mean, I can just be nervous. I always, I pretty much play by the rules and I can be nervous when it doesn't seem like I'm going to have to or when maybe somebody I'm with isn't playing by the rules. It really stresses me out. And maybe that's just my ballerina. Maybe that's just my ballerina um, discipline. I don't know. But I mean, one other thing I'll say about my dance teachers and about my studio is that, you know, they taught me, they introduced me to what is now... One of the greatest loves of my life, mm-hmm. and it will always be that. And so, I think that's a pretty special thing, mm-hmm. and I'll always appreciate them and you know their teaching and their just general introduction, you know, for that. Mm-hmm. So, because um, no matter where I am in my life or relationships or anything, ballet always consumes my thoughts a lot. You know, even just an upcoming role. It consumes me always, you know. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important for women to find something that they love that much. Mm. Yeah.
0: And speaking of roles, you have Swan Lake coming up. Uh, This is September of
1: 2017. Mm -hmm. And have you done this role before? I have done this role before. This will be my fourth season doing this role. So I've done it for almost 10 years now. Wow. The first time I ever did it was maybe about nine and a half years ago Mm -hmm. so I mean and I do I have felt myself get a lot stronger over the years in it I've always had a different partner so I think and I haven't had that for any other full-length ballet I've danced Mm -hmm. necessarily and I think that it's sort of it it makes me it always brings something out in me different based on who I'm dancing with Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to always return to a role like this that's such a character and always have sort of a different, um, you know, variable like that. Mm -hmm.
0: And I haven't seen this
1: staging before.
0: I will see it with you in it this month. But the Black Swan and the White Swan, you do both Mm -hmm. in this production. And do you have... A
1: favorite between the black swan and the white oh, swan? Oh, for sure. The white swan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I stress so... M- okay, I'm scared of the black swan. How okay. about that for years? <laughs> so I'm scared of that. That's definitely um, the harder steps for me. It's the harder personality for me. Mm. I think white swan, you just get so lost in the drama and you're lost in the romance. And I just... I. Um, I I just sort of feel like I understand the white swan a lot more. What are some adjectives that you would use to describe the black swan? Manipulative and intimidating and mean (laughs) and um, just conniving, really. Mm -hmm. So I'm just very, yeah, just mean. (laughs) She's mean. (laughs) And the white swan? The white swan is innocent and trapped and vulnerable, but still magnificent and proud. And um, she's still a queen, Mm -hmm. even though she's in this very vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an interesting um, idea to work on and it. it's actually kind of a hard idea to show to show to the audience that she's such a queen even she's powerless as a queen but she still has all this pride mm, I love that idea because in reality that's sort of all of us right mm-hmm. we have
0: this access to such power and, and sometimes feel incredibly vulnerable mm-hmm. and and that's actually one thing that I have admired about you is like I said earlier your vulnerability but also the power that you that you possess um you, Aaron. you're welcome and that that is a question i have for you you have such a gravitas about you is that something that you are aware of do you doubt its presence how how, how do you how do you deal with having such gravitas I, I don't
1: feel like i have that at all i feel pretty shy a lot of the time and i have had somebody tell me that when at one point in the company that somebody who was old, much older than me, who, um, you know, should I say names? I don't sure. Know. Yeah. It was Jared Engel and he's a dear friend of mine now, but when I got into the company he was uh, a soloist and then he shortly thereafter became a principal dancer. And once we started getting close, we were talking one day and he, he told me he was actually intimidated of me. And I just died laughing because I was like, why would you be intimidated of me? A hey, I'm younger than you and stuff. But for someone, for, for whatever reason, I guess that he was. And that's the first time I had ever heard of anybody feeling that way. Yeah. And it was just very interesting. And it's, That's
0: Shocking for me to hear only because I don't want you to get me wrong mm-hmm. you are one of the friendliest person no, yeah. people I've <laughs> ever met I don't think you mean that yeah <laughs> but you make you have made me nervous really the, yes wow absolutely there's there's just you possess an incredible uh, you are very self-possessed mm-hmm. I will say and that's um, it's a very beautiful
1: thing and it's inspiring uh, so Thank you. You're welcome. I think it's my mother. My mother is sort of that way. No, she, not sort of. She is that is way. Is she? Her name's Erin as well, by the way. <laughs> but she's very self-possessed, and so I grew up watching her. Mm-hmm. She's taught me a lot. And I do think I have, especially when I'm in new situations, like such as when you first met me was my first time into Jackson, and in that, you know, with Dancer's Workshop, which is just totally lovely, but I didn't know what to expect, <laughs> and I met you on the first day, and... I um, I do have a way of being very quiet right, mm-hmm. right off because I'm really taking it in and I'm observing sort of, what is this all about? And and then it's sort of like, once I know, then I come out of my shell. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I'm a Cancerian, so maybe <laughs> my little crab is like, I'm just sort of like peeking out of the hole and then I run, and then once I'm comfortable, I come out all the way maybe, but it's just, I mean, if anybody, cares about the zodiac (laughs) they do we do (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's interesting but I think it's maybe something with that so I think my quietness and my I really observe a lot I think that can come off as pretty intimidating Mm. because maybe people think I'm thinking something not nice but it's not that it's more that I'm just trying to get to a point where I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. to kind of come out of my shell a little bit Mm mm-hmm and I'm not really making any judgments so much as me. I'm just I'm just taking it all in. Right.
0: That's uh yeah, you know, no, I, I can certainly see that. And and speaking of Jackson Hole, um, your love for the outdoors is obvious. Just love you know, it. from actually watching you take in what's happening out there, I, I also love to just to witness and observe. Um how has, how did your love for the outdoors develop and what impact has that had on you in your artistry?
1: Well, I mean, I think the, I think the hardest thing is knowing that I have to live in New York city to really like to be in the company I'm in because I like nature so much more. And I feel like I have a hard time. I feel like after summers of being, I, I, get to travel a lot in the summers and being away I just feel rejuvenated like I've hit the refresh button on my thoughts and on my um just general well-being mm-hmm. and Jackson has certainly helped me with that being lucky enough to go out there quite a bit and like pretty much every summer mostly now for eight years and I will say I'm happiest when I'm scuba diving I love <laughs> being in the water mm-hmm Because as I said about the way I observe things when I am sort of not in the most comfortable place, that's all you can do when you're down there. And so I'm in a really happy natural state, Mm. just observing the reef, observing just the the movements of the water, even the warmth of the water, how it changes from where you swim around and depending on where you are, obviously. And I just, I love being sort of a guest in that world. It never gets old. Mm Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, and it's um, clear to me a little bit the way that you love observing, and say in a scuba diving environment, you're sort of down there, and the choreography of the fish and the, the, whatever else you're observing is much like we might when we're sitting in the audience watching dancers mm-hmm. observe observe you. Yeah, it's
1: true. <laughs> it, it is. It's true. Uh,
0: what does it feel like? to walk out onto the stage, is it, is it the Coke Theater? Is that what you mm-hmm. call it? The David H. Coke Theater. The David formerly H. the
1: New York State Theater.
0: Ah, yes, that's right. And what does it feel like to walk out onto that stage in front of almost 3000 people as a shy and nervous person at times? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, I only, I don't really get nervous to be in front of people as much because when I'm in on that stage, I'm somebody else. I'm not me. Sort of. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: I am, but I'm not. And so really my nerves kick in only if I'm nervous about something technically, a specific step or a um, specific passage of steps. Um, But overall, I think that, I think what's so interesting is it depends on the ballet you're dancing. There's some ballets where it's really for the audience. And there's some ballets such as when you know, when you're scuba diving and you're observing that the audience is observing us Mm -hmm. and we're dancing on stage, we're dancing for almost one another and Mm -hmm. with one another and with folk and focused on one another more so than other ballets. Mm -hmm. So it's neat to sort of have that juxtaposition of roles. And I think that there's days, I mean, in New York City Ballet, we dance all day long. Yes, you put do. together so many ballets. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I dare say it's more ballets than any company in the world during each, a, a given season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the spring alone, we did 44 different ballets. That and, is incredible. And it's, it, it was just a lot. So, uh, I mean, I didn't do that. That was impossible, but I still did quite a bit. So, uh-huh. You're always sort of, every day is different in a way. And has a different focus. I mean, there's sometimes that you dance. I, I will dance six ballets in a day, and then dance a seventh one at night. I'll rehearse six different ballets. So, how many hours is that of oh, dancing a day? We start with a class just mm-hmm. to warm up our body at 10:30 in the morning for about an hour, and then we go straight into rehearsals. And. We'll rehearse up until two hours before the show starts. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you end up dancing the hour of class and then you dance for, uh, for five or six hours and then you have a little two hour break and then you, um, perform and a little two hour break. It doesn't sound little (laughs) in general, but when you've danced for that long and you need to eat, you need to eat your dinner. And it takes me on average about an hour just to get ready for a show, Mm -hmm. like hair and makeup. And warm up. Wow! So this, that two hours goes away very fast. I bet it does. And it's it's not really two hours of luxury downtime. It's two hours of actually just turning your head to prepare for the show. Wow! So um, those are some long days. So there's times where I step out on that stage where you're so t- I'm so tired, and I actually think what gets me through is sometimes the music. Mm. I'm thinking there's this whole orchestra that's playing. And I mean, it's for a greater cause than just me, but in that moment, and I'm that tired, it helps me to think this is for me. Hmm. I get a whole orchestra playing for me right now. And Do it's, you... it's really strong. It's a really strong feeling. Yeah. It,
0: it is. Uh, my parents, I don't know if I've told you this, but my parents are musicians. Oh, really? They're string players. Okay. What, what instruments? Uh, violin and viola. Okay. So. It's interesting that you say that because my earliest memories of our being um, in a concert hall and listening to an orchestra. And for me, I was always dancing the music mm-hmm. when I danced. And um, that may be part of what attracts me to your dancing quite a bit is just your awareness of, of the beauty.
1: The of what's coming from the pit. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, dance music is some of the best music there is. I mean, mm-hmm. it was chosen because it's so beautiful or chosen for a specific reason. Yeah. And, um, so that definitely carries me a lot.
0: Do you ever worry when you are that tired that you're not going to make it through? Or what? what is your self talk
1: process? In sometimes. That case? Well, sometimes when I'm that tired, I dance better because. My adrenaline isn't quite as thick Mm. because I just don't have the energy to produce that, you know, that hormone quite as much. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, sometimes you just it just carries you. Sometimes you're so tired it feels almost out of body. Mm. But those are some some of my best performances as well. It's almost like you're watching yourself, Mm -hmm. even though it's just very bizarre. It's hard (laughs) to explain, but. um, it's it's a really neat feeling that actually your body is so powerful and it's taking over. It's just taking over for you Mm because you're so tired. Yeah, it is otherworldly in Mm -hmm. some ways. For sure, and I think the biggest, you know, I don't want to take away the mystery of the ballerina at all, but, and it's my job to go on stage and do a great job, or at least do the very best I can under any conditions, But, you know, I've had times where people, there's a big misconception about ballerinas and especially ones in major dance companies that have eating disorders or something. And of course it's there, but to dance at the level we dance at in a major ballet company, you cannot do it and not eat. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people will make comments or say, you know, you look thinner than normal. I'm like, well, I'm exercising eight hours a day right now. Mm -hmm. Or I just went through a breakup or I just had a death in the family. Mm -hmm. And you know, the mystery of the ballerina is always there but it would be foolish to think that we're not human. Mm -hmm. To not think that sometimes we have things going on in our lives just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, and it happens to everybody. Um, But I think sometimes I've had an episode where somebody commented on my weight on a picture on the New York City Valley Facebook page. And it's just, it was so nasty. And it was so insensitive. And it was, frankly, it seemed very um, um, uneducated Mm -hmm. as to what our days are like. Mm -hmm. And insensitive to me as a human. And so it was something that, I mean, I definitely went on and defended myself in a... I, I, you know, I planned my words, but I was pretty angry. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I mean,
0: how do you feel about social media in general?
1: Well, it's hard because I think there's an aspect of me that is definitely, I see other ballerinas in my company and they, they tweet and they post all the time and they have all these followers. And I can't even imagine spending time doing that and to try to dance as much as I do and have frankly a life Mm -hmm. maintain a life Mm -hmm. outside of this um, demanding schedule and I think that I think it's whatever works for those people and I felt like I was missing out because I wasn't posting as much Mm -hmm. but then I realized it's like hey that's for them and this is this is for me and this is like, that's not for me. All that that posting and trying to get that big following. I just can't ever keep up with that Mm -hmm. and feel sane well
0: and uh you do seem like a a, you know we talk about balance so much in our society Mm -hmm. and I sort of think that that's an impossible thing to achieve for sure and if you work at it it almost seems to happen less (laughs) it's
1: it's true it's true so and I also believe in having a private life Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like everybody needs to know what I had for dinner or, you know, something sort of mild like that, but, you know, obviously it gets bigger and bigger, but that's just a mild example Mm -hmm. of what gets put on social media these days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If this sort of chips away at your
0: desire to keep your private life private, don't answer, or we'll come up with another way of asking it. But do you have dreams of, of getting married and having kids?
1: I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, it has to be right. And I think I always will want to have something in my life besides my family. Um, even if it's a small amount of something, because I know children need and deserve a lot of time of course. So, um, I do want a family someday to mm-hmm. just say it plainly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's um, hard when you're a ballet dancer. Cause you know, you, you just maternity leave. Everything is different than when you're a dancer. Cause you got to get back in shape and you've got it. It's just, it's a longer road to have a baby yeah. in my profession than most women
0: it is. And I you described so beautifully in um, one of the videos that I was watching, uh, you were talking about the ballet. I think it was a Stravinsky ballet. You may know which one I'm talking
1: about. Stravinsky violin.
0: Well, probably. Probably. And you were talking about how it's a love story and that the woman likes, even loves the man that she's with, but perhaps loves her freedom Mm-hmm. even more mm-hmm. and I wondered if your interpretation of that role sort of had a parallel to your own feeling of of what it means to be free
1: I think so I mean actually I think that ballet was hallelujah junction yes so you like, no you're right it is because I remember junction. saying that about it um, about that piece but I mean every just like any time in life whatever you're going through I think that you know it gets represented in different ballets I dance so sometimes it's a love hate, you know, reaction to your partner. Sometimes <laughs> it's total love. Sometimes it's kind of aggressive and total hate, hopefully not aggressive in real life, or, you know, um, but it's just, you kind of get to, you get all these feelings out at work. And I think one of the hardest things it has been for me in my relationships is that I'm, I'm, physically and sometimes emotionally spent by the time I come home Mm -hmm. because I've danced so many different roles. And at New York City Ballet, we do put so many ballets together that every rehearsal is pretty much full out
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: you don't get that many rehearsals. So unless my body really needs it or I'm saving myself for a hard ballet in the show that night, I pretty much dance full out every day, which means also the emotional side of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that even like something like Romeo and Juliet, you re- I really like feel all those things. And if you rehearse it every day and you feel all those things in one day, you just kind of go home and you're, you just feel like a total potato. You're mm-hmm. just sort of, you're just a spud. You know? right. So I think that's been always the hardest thing for me in a relationship is um, saving a little bit for the end of the night so mm-hmm. that I'm a person that somebody's dating.
0: Does real life ever feel boring compared to the heightened states that you exist in and say, a ballet like Romeo and Juliet?
1: No, not so much. I don't think life seems boring. It's more that actually I think that when life is hard or I've been in a breakup or something, things that used to make me nervous in ballet, like maybe technical things, seem so easy because (laughs) life seems so much harder than ballet. Mm -hmm. Because ballet, I know i've been doing for a long time yeah and some of, a lot of these roles now i've been doing for a long time so suddenly it just becomes this great outlet and um this kind of easy easy relaxation in a weird way no
0: it makes sense and it it is something that's interesting about the process of 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 aging is mm-hmm. that we we sort of acquire this wisdom mm-hmm. but at the same time it's Always different. You're always, you know, you're always experiencing something. Whether it's watching your parents age Mm -hmm. or having nieces and nephews born, Mm -hmm. it's they. You know, what's that saying? Life is not a dress rehearsal. Yeah, it's
1: true. (laughs) That is very true.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, One thing that you said at at one point, I I think this was a magazine interview, but uh, you talked about how sometimes less is more. And I think you were talking about the effort that you put into choreography or the effort that you put into your, your dancing. Can you talk a little bit more? That's just something that's been fascinating me lately. Mm -hmm. Like I, I am somebody that tries and tries and tries, and I throw a lot of energy and control into things. And I'm trying to move in the direction of less is more mm-hmm. because I notice when I back off and just let things happen that the outcome is can be quite beautiful
1: isn't that funny yeah I know <laughs> I think that's something you have to learn with age I guess it goes with along with the patience <laughs> lesson but I think that um, I think when I first got into the company and you know I don't want to sound I'm really hesitant because I don't want to sound ungrateful or like I'm like boohoo because I'm not I love how the trajectory of my life and how my career's been. But when I got promoted to principal, I was 21 years old, and it came as such a surprise, I did not feel ready. I kept asking my director, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Until it finally took him getting u- upset with me for me to quit asking that mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. And, but it still didn't mean I felt didn't feel a little lost Oh, not just a little, I felt a lot lost on stage. And so I danced, I was given a lot of roles and I know a lot of people dream this and I don't want this to sound obnoxious. I, I'm really, you know, i no, really it. No, your honesty is appreciated, it, but, yeah. <laughs> it was really confusing for me. And I had roles where I was on stage, the orchestra was going, I was dancing in a performance and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing out here. Not like, I don't know the steps, I knew the steps. I just felt like I didn't feel like I had focus. I didn't have a good direction of focus for the role. I felt immature for some roles. And I think as a result, all I did was just go out there and dance and dance as hard as I could because at least it would look like I was just trying really hard without applying, frankly, m- much artistry because mm-hmm. I just was too young. I hadn't learned it yet. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't really learned it. and. I had an athletic side of me, and that's all I knew. And I, I mean, I did start getting really artistic roles young, but I just didn't get them. Mm-hmm. And I felt horrible about myself. I felt, it's like, you know, you look, and it's like, oh, she's so lucky. She got promoted so young, or she had this success so young, but I was so lost. It was it was probably the hardest Probably like 21 to 25, 26 was definitely my hardest five years of my life Mm -hmm. consecutively. Did you feel like a fake? I felt fake. I felt like a bad dancer. I just felt, but I knew I was a good dancer else I wouldn't be there. So it was sort of, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. And so the less is more came in when I finally realized, you know, I could actually make this part right here really subtle. I'm sort of punching this out really athletically and it could be really beautiful if I just had a moment of stillness mm-hmm. or even the way I was dancing. I was never gonna, I never had an injury because of it, but I was like, my body will not be able to sustain this athletically mm-hmm. every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like about point shoes are not comfortable shoes. They're not like Nike airs, you know, like, <laughs> Track people get to (laughs) track runners get to wear. I mean, they are so painful, and there's no give on your ankles and on your feet, and it's not comfortable. So, I knew that I had a definitely like an expiration date dancing that way. So, Mm. I I suddenly had to realize in this jump right here, I could maybe give 40, 50% of effort, and it will look exactly the same. Whereas I can save that energy for this other part of the solo that I need that energy mm-hmm. for that to look 100% I can take from something else so that it all balances out and I maintain a good amount of energy for the whole mm. solo or else you barely make it through. And for you, was that an aha moment, or was it more of a process of discovery? A process of discovery, and I didn't come up with it all on my own. I had a lot of help along the way, whether it was coaches or whether it was um, just watching other ballerinas, Um, So, especially older ones in the company at that point, Mm -hmm. because... I knew when I was their age, I wanted to still be dancing, and I wanted to be dancing well and have confidence like they had, and I just started really watching to see how could I get there. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you can learn a lot from watching other women, for sure. You can.
0: Uh, speaking of, it strikes me when I'm watching you in ballets, most often there's a core around you, and so... You are you are the leader, and quite literally, you're at the helm of our country's, arguably the, the best ballet company in our country. Did you know that you would be a leader, and how does it feel to be a leader? Do you think of yourself as a leader?
1: I mean, I, that's a really good question. I don't really think of myself so much as a leader in a way that— it takes the whole company for the company to operate. Mm -hmm. I mean, New York City Ballet is a machine and maybe, and I don't think any part is more important than another part because I actually think that George Balanchine, the founder of New York City Ballet, gave some of the best steps and the best music to his corps de ballet. Mm. So, and maybe other ballerinas and other companies wouldn't feel that way, because they are so much in the front all the time. But at New York City Ballet, well, I spend a lot of time watching the Corps mm. in the same ballets I'm in mm-hmm. as them and stuff. So it always more feels like a group effort. And I think that on ballets that there's multiple casts of things. You know, even yesterday, you know somebody they were like, we well, have more time. So maybe why don't you go, do you want to go ahead and do your second act? for Swan Lake, but those girls had already done it once. Mm. And I just said, no, I mean, I'm gonna get plenty of rehearsals before my performance starting next week. And I don't really wanna make those girls bore and do that again. Mm. I would rather them save their bodies. So it's sort of, um, I guess that is sort of a leadership um, decision sure, to just sort of take care of everybody. Because they could have had to do it again if I had said yes. Mm -hmm. But you have to think of other people. So, and, you know, you also, you all have to support each other. We're there so many hours and really New York City Valley is a family. Mm -hmm. I've known so many people for almost a decade or almost two decades now. Right. Getting close to it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's pretty, you know, we've seen each other grow up and, Principal ballerinas, there is competitiveness, just like any job has competitiveness, but I think it's been really neat to see how I think the competitiveness has mellowed as we've all get, uh, now we're in our 30s, Mm -hmm. and there's definitely much more support and much more respect for one another Mm -hmm. than there was in our 20s, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really, really beautiful thing to see.
0: I would imagine it would be and you came to be a principal in an era where there are such beautiful ballerinas I think Mm -hmm. alongside you that I would imagine that while it may not have felt like it 10 years ago, you're all better off for it because you had to really develop into such strong individuals at the same time that you were probably paying a lot of attention to what the other person was doing.
1: for (laughs) sure. So in comparing yourself and Mm -hmm. it's in in life, it's just, I've definitely realized it's important not to compare yourself. It's Mm -hmm. so much easier said than done, but you have things that they don't have and they have things you don't have. So you just have to appreciate each other for what, appreciate yourself first and foremost for what you have, but also, you know, appreciate them for what they have Mm -hmm. and, and not be intimidated by it either, right. because you have your things too. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have a
1: hero in life, a dancer or non? Honestly, probably my mother mm-hmm. is first and foremost. And I really have a lot of love and respect for Darcy Kissler. Mm. I just grew up watching her dance. And when I came to School of American Ballet, which is the school that feeds into the New York City Ballet, she was my teacher. And she's just been a big light in my life here in New York City. And she's coaching me now for Swan Lake. And I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. What, we only have a few minutes left, so I'm just going to ask you some quick questions and sort of what are your answers. Uh, What gives you hope?
1: Seeing Seeing people be kind to one another. Gives me hope on the street, on the subway, seeing somebody get up for maybe an older man or older woman on the subway, or giving your umbrella to somebody who doesn't have one, or, you know, knowing you're going to be okay, (laughs) so you only have like a block or two to get home, so you can tough it out, and... Mm -hmm they're really soaked or something well maybe at that point it doesn't matter but still kind and it gives me hope but just things (laughs) like that yeah even I saw I was walking to work in Luther Lincoln Center the other day and I saw a homeless woman who she had the most beautiful voice and she just was standing outside of the Metropolitan Opera singing opera Mm -hmm. that gave me hope sort of this light that continues despite anything you know that might be going on in their life and it was so beautiful seeing this woman do that i think i'll remember it for my whole life yeah Uh, what would
0: what's something that we would be surprised to learn about you
1: oh my gosh that's a really hard question (laughs) um i don't know i think i don't really know what would be surprising? Maybe that I love to cook and I have like a, uh, an obsession with criminal minds. I love to watch like crime scene shows or maybe some, I don't know if that was even surprising. No, I it really is. No. Maybe
0: you can channel some of what you, you watch into the black swan. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Become the criminal. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, you, wrote on one of your your Instagram posts it was a there was a quote by Edward Albee which was may your trails be crooked winding lonesome dangerous leading to the most amazing view may your mountains rise into and above the clouds Mm -hmm. and we share the connection of our love for the mountains Mm -hmm. so that struck me as as quite beautiful but you wrote about it what do you mean no this is my question you you wrote it's always nice to be reminded that perseverance leads to majestic reward Mm -hmm. and the reward isn't always in the form we expect it to be in. Mm -hmm. What, what did you mean by that?
1: I think, um, I think in general, it's sort of what we spoke of earlier that sort of less is more when you step back and let things happen. I know that's not perseverance, but when you're not used to being patient, it feels like perseverance in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, you just have to stick it out and wait or something like, I mean I never thought I was going to be a ballerina ever. Mm-hmm. If somebody had told me that I would have just kind of giggled a little bit at them or with them maybe hopefully, but I just I I I just wasn't educated to no, enough to know about dancers and that you could dance as an adult. I just I really thought I was at taking ballet extracurricularly to get myself into a good college. You know, it was very college um focused and um went to like a rigorous academic school so and and suddenly uh, my ballet teacher called me one night and said, "Well, you audition for the School of American Ballet. You know, they have a summer course, and the audition's tomorrow here in Dallas." And I said, "Sure," and I went. And I actually, I didn't make it the first year I auditioned. Mm. It's very, it's very similar to I sort of observed more in that audition <laughs> than did very well. Uh-huh. And then the next year, I went back to audition, and I had was determined. I didn't like getting rejected, <laughs> so I persevered. <laughs> and then I got in, and then I went to. School of American Ballet for the summer course. And then I got asked to stay for the winter term. And then before I knew it, I was in the New York City Ballet. And then before I knew it again, I was in, I was a principal. And it seems silly, but I just, I worked hard. Mm -hmm. And it gave me this reward. And while I say I could never imagine being a ballerina when I was younger, now I can't imagine anything different Mm -hmm. for my life this point I couldn't imagine a single path that would have made me happier than this one mm-hmm. so this majestic reward is getting to where I am and it's not what I expected but I work my butt off to get there so it's like I just was working very hard but I didn't know why in a way but I like I mean I also had a passion and I had a love that I like to go to every day yeah. and love on every day but yeah you know, I just didn't think this would be it right
0: and you're still so young so it's so cool <laughs> and my like to and I am honored to know you and to be able to witness this journey of yours but you know to see where the next 30 60 70 80 years lead you know yeah. it's there's so much more life to live and and that it gives me hope
1: <laughs> dance has such a quick expiration date that I, you know I look around the company and I'm like oh I'm, I'm suddenly one of the older ones in here I don't know <laughs> you know so yeah it's scary how quickly that happens I bet <laughs> I bet yeah but thank you yeah you're welcome
0: well thank you again for for being here and being part of my my podcast my gosh
1: my pleasure anytime <laughs>
0: thank you and uh yeah that's all for now okay. folks <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to The Aaron Roy Show. I'll leave you with Liz DeLise and her song, Clouds Up Ahead.